This is Agents Influence Podcast. Lightspeed owns its infrastructure. We're not on the public cloud. We have our own data centers with our own equipment that we own, with software that we wrote. And what's great about that is that all of the onus, all of the responsibility, all of the metrics of reliability are on us. We can literally go into our data centers and touch our equipment. We swap out the hard drives. We upgrade the servers. We upgrade the router operating systems. We control it from end to end. And that gives us a much stronger position in terms of reliability. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently. Change your agency. Change your finances. Change your family. And in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Agents Influence Podcast Conversations with who? Me, Jason Cass, and I today I have got a good conversationalist. I don't even know if that's the right word for this, but uh, I know him personally. You probably have seen him out there because he is a CEO that is on the ground uh, with his team, but also out there with our industry. Uh, today we have Mr. Brad Fuller, who is the CEO of Lightspeed Voice, or for all of us cool people who have been with him forever, they're the LSV. What's up, LSV in the house? Yeah, yeah. So uh, just give them a little background real quick. So you guys know that Lightspeed Voice has been a huge partner of uh, agency or agency intelligence probably since, uh, I'm going to say, oh. Uh, 2015 or 2016, Mm -hmm. I have been with them. My famous story is, is that I was with five other VoIP companies from 2010 when I started my agency to 2015. And I couldn't stand them all because they just wouldn't work. I met his crew, not him, but some of his crew um, in uh, San Antonio at the PIA where I was speaking. And they showed me their system and I was like, okay, I'll try this VoIP company. Well, here I am six years later and I'm still with them. They're unbelievable what they do. They finally got some new features that we're going to talk about um, and why that's important. But uh, I'm just really, really glad Brad and I since then in the last three years have developed a really good relationship more than just just his business and my business. Uh, when I go to Florida and I'm within an hour or two of him, I usually call him up and say, Brad, come on. And last time we did that, he threw his family on his boat <laughs> and literally drove right over to the place we were That's staying. Right. It was right in the middle of the hurricane. All the streets were flooded. <laughs> You guys will find out that um, Brad is a person who does have a sense of humor. Uh, Sometimes it's his own sense of humor, but that's what makes it so special. Um, Brad, I like to say, like, your – I got this on, shouldn't – your sense of humor comes from the fact that you see the world differently. You really, truly do. You see the world differently than just not insurance agents. You see the world differently than a lot of other people. Um, And I say that with a compliment. And it also has to do with why your vision for the company that you have now um, is uh, is what it is. And so uh, that's why when I talk to Steve, because Steve usually comes on here, uh, Steve Moore, who is number two there over at Lightspeed Voice, I said, I said, Steve, I love you. But let's get Brad on here, you know? And he's like, oh, shit. Ah. Nah, no, he didn't say that. He didn't, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. So anyways, Brad, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you very much. I'm really glad to be here. Grateful to be able to talk to you and everybody listening. 
That's right. That's right. So we're going to get on to three questions that all the audience, all the loyal listeners want to hear. It lets us know who you are. Um, and the first question is, are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? I am a converted iPhone user. So I am now an iPhone user, but I had been very resistant be in the droid? past. Yeah, 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 yeah. When did you move to an iPhone? Um, Let's see. I've got the iPhone 11. So it's been about a couple of years now, it looks like. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. And uh, what's the last app you downloaded, Brad? Hmm. Let's see. The last app that I downloaded on my... Let me take a look, actually. Yeah, that's what everybody always says. Yeah, I downloaded... Well, I... <laughs> well, this one doesn't count, but it was Audible. I'm going to start listening to some um, e-books. That's how I read, apparently. That's a great one. But before that, I downloaded a ukulele tuning app. So you play I, that? Or? No, but I was recently in Nashville with my wife, Lourdes, and we were looking for cool things to buy for the kids. And we we're at the, um, the, the, uh, well, what's it called? The, the country music hall of fame, uh, yeah, grand no, the hall of fame, not the grand. I hadn't, I actually didn't go there, but, oh. uh, and, okay. in the gift shop, oh. you know, they had your, your, your typical shot glasses and my kids have enough shot glasses, you know, so I wanted to get them something cool. So we got a ukulele. Well, that's cool. Now you got the app. That's so right. Yeah, play, exactly. Huh? Well, that's okay. That's fantastic. Do you love to win Brad or do you hate to lose? I'll tell you what, man. I feel like I'm kind of in the middle on that one. I obviously I love to win, but I'm also a very considerate guy, you know. So I I almost hate to see other people lose, if that makes sense. So I I want to mm. win, and as long as the person opposing me is you know of decent caliber, I I, I do see the world through other people's shoes, and I want to make sure that everybody's winning. Right. Brad, one of the things that's really impressive to you when it just echoes and improves what you're saying there is like the Lightspeed Voice Users Group that we have on Facebook. You don't comment all the time because that's not what CEOs do. But what's really great is you will comment every once in a while. And that lets everybody know that, oh, shit, Brad is paying attention to what's going on. That's right. You know? and, and, and Brad, that doesn't happen a lot. I know that's just part of your of who you are because I know that about you. But a lot of CEOs don't. Usually CEOs find out after the marketing team tells them. And usually the situation has escalated out of control. You know, and then the CEO has even a rougher time going, holy cow, I wish I would have known about this earlier. So kudos to for uh, to you for that. that really yeah, is thanks. Great. You know, a lot of people may not realize this, but I'm, I'm not a trained CEO. I didn't go to business school and I started the company literally walking door to door. So I take a real personal approach to everything. And I don't comment on everything because I can't get in the weeds on every little complaint or concern. Right. Um, I have a great team. We have a great team and they're capable of managing all of those things. But when there is something that's getting out of hand, I am, I'm on it. Like white on, white on rice. And you usually know. Yeah. You usually know anyways, you're just sitting back that's there right. seeing if that team you put together, old Steve Jobs says, I don't hire smart people and tell them what to do. I hire smart people and have them tell me what mm -hmm. to do. I love that. My loyal listeners to know that I say that a lot, but it echoes who you are. Okay. Next question. Last question. I promise. Two things in the world we believe here at the at agency intelligence got you to where you are. One is skill or the other could be luck. Which one would you say has been the biggest factor in your life? Well, I think that it's it's luck. I mean, if I'm going to have to pick from two of those, right, mm -hmm. we've been very skillful 
with our approach to making decisions. And a lot of it has been, let's, let's just try it and see what happens. And, you know, so to that point, Mm -hmm. it's luck. You know, there has been a lot of being in the, in the, in the right place at the right time, meeting the right people, but it's all been very focused on building loyalty with the client base, with the employee base, making sure that we're taking on the responsibility and the reliability of our own product. And, you, you know, as we built the company, I had a, well, let's just say I heard one time a, a theory in business development and growth that you have to be willing to eat hot dogs while everyone else eats steak. And so while we grew the company, we mm. made sure that we were treating everybody right and creating a, a better environment for all. So they'd want to stick around to help build the company. So I, I don't know if I could pin it on luck or just, you know, anything else. Well, and that's something about you, Brad, to, 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 to echo what you say there. Um, you don't have high turnover, you know, um, you, you don't of your, of your business. I think you have turnover because every business does, but you losing key people is something, I mean, I've dealt with the same people. Now there's been people that have come and gone in your organization, but I'm just saying that, that those usually happen for good reasons. So that, that appears to who you are. Let us relate a little bit more to you. Take us back to uh, high school, college, whenever, and show, tell us how you got into that, uh, chair that you're <laughs> at right now. Take two or three minutes. Yeah, and let sure. Us so, um, grew up here in Venice where, where I am now and graduated in 1997 so i'm 42 for those of you wondering and i know i look 41 but it, um, yeah holy shit brad i had no idea i'm being serious my wife's 42 i'm yeah, 43 see. wow people say i look a lot younger wow. than i really am <laughs> but uh ended up after high school a couple years after high school moved up to gainesville which is in north florida and you know, tried to go to college. That did not go very well for me. So I'm I'm not a real college graduate. But throughout my time up there, besides you know a lot of fun and parties and stuff, I held down wide array of jobs. I was a wedding DJ. I delivered pizza. And at one point, I ran across somebody who had an IT computer repair company. So I got to talking to them. Ended up working as a computer repair guy for a while and thought to myself, I can do this. So I started printing flyers. I I had the relationship with the pizza delivery place. They let me paste hundreds of flyers on the pizza boxes. Not hundreds of flyers on one pizza box, but it was one flyer per pizza box. (laughs) And we got out. People started calling me. I started my own business, computer repair, you know, so I got excited about that. Started walking door to door, you know, fixing my computer's the computers of my my neighbors apartment complexes taping flyers and all the doors of the apartment complex before i even left i was getting phone calls on my old nokia cell phone and uh, one day i just got excited and i thought you know what i'm gonna go into a business and just see what happens and i walked into a real estate office right around the corner from my house and you guys need help with your computer and to my surprise they said yes and that was really my foray into business. And, and that's how I got into the technology of, of businesses. And as a computer repair guy for, for businesses, you're always trying to find ways to make more money. And there was a, and, and still is, a, a type of business called an MSP or a managed service provider. And that's the kind of company that basically s- sells a subscription of computer repair. Well, 
We were okay. a little ahead of our time, and you know, people were like, "Well, it's not broken. Why should I fix it?" Kind of thing. And uh, you know, so you look at other ways to improve your your revenue. So through remote backup or antivirus or voice over IP phone service. And so we Gosh. started reselling a voice over IP phone service and um, making a decent amount of money, but having to give most of it to the company that we're that we were reselling from. And I, I just got, got annoyed. I'm like, you know, I'm doing all this work. I'm giving these guys all the money. I can do this. <laughs> so we downloaded this open source telephony platform called Asterisk at Home and or Trixbox, as it was uh, actually called back then, and installed it on some super old dilapidated servers that we got from eBay and started selling voice over IP to our clients. And that's probably 30 clients. So after about six months, I had no clients because that phone service was so, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I had a couple of stragglers, but it was just so pathetically bad that they just they couldn't even look at me anymore. <laughs> yeah, we we ended up getting uh, running out of data center. I don't know what money I came up with to do this, but we we got a little bit of a data center. Um, got a more reliable platform and just kept learning from our mistakes, you know, try, fail, mm -hmm. rinse, repeat. And eventually we got our platform to the point where it's hyper stable and, you know, it's got a lot of great features and customers love us. I think what really let people hang on, you know, to the few who actually did was just our ability to own up to mistakes, to always make an effort to fix them and just make them feel like they mattered. Man, that's good. And so that one that you got, which was hyper stable and everything, that was Lightspeed Voice. That was the beginning of an actual Lightspeed Voice, yes. So, Gotcha. What year was this about, Brad? So that was probably 2010. Yeah, so it's okay. been a while. Yeah, it has been. And so, so then... You start kind of going out there. So what may, how'd you get into the insurance sector? Cause that's a large, large portion of what you do, it, right? Yes. Yes. So insurance represents 85 plus percent of our book of business. And it all started with my brother actually. And, and you've met Dennis, but back then he was an Allstate agent and I was looking for ways to improve my book of business. And I didn't have a lot of people who believed in me, even my own um, you know, father who had a state farm agency would not take a risk on letting me uh, put my phone system into, into his office. And, you know, rightly so in retrospect, but back then I was like, come on, man, you're like, you got to believe in me. But in, and not that he didn't believe in me, he did, but you know, you, you, there's a lot on the line, you know, with your, with your phone service, but right. through my brother, through Allstate, I ended up picking up a, a few more Allstate agents throughout the Venice area. Uh, and we ended up integrating with a, a software called eAgent. And, and, and if you don't know what eAgent is back in 2012, it was a, a, a private company who was kind of the I don't know, maybe one of the, really the first agency management systems out there. And they had a huge Allstate following and, and they're based in Tampa, which is just about an hour north from us. And we connected with them and they let us integrate into their system. So where we could automatically wow. open up the client record when somebody called, we would um, input, input the call recordings right into that uh, customer record. You know, so it really gave a, a great tool for the agents to use. And once we integrated into that system almost overnight, 
we were getting hundreds of calls from all over the country from from all state agents looking oh, wow. and that was the the catapult from me serving 30 or 40 clients in florida basically friends and family and people who uh, felt pity on me to really providing a world-class service across the country wow i bet you that was an exciting overwhelming but probably exciting oh, time man. right you know and of course that created its own set of issues and um and solutions and and needs for improvement and you know yeah i mean it was amazing it was scary and cool how many hours a day were you working then <laughs> uh, a, lot, yeah, a lot a lot yeah so uh, i remember the days where i would have my daughter mia and she was maybe six months and i would pick her up from daycare and then i would still go to client offices because back in those days i was physically going to each office installing the phones setting it up on premise showing the customer how to use it on site of course, we can't do that these days. Um, fortunately, with the you know the, the the magic of the internet, we don't really need to anymore. But um, carrying her in her, her car wow. seat from client to client, going inside with my daughter—I mean, how unprofessional is that in retrospect? But you know, we just did what we had to do. Yeah. Worked, worked. Absolutely. You know, that's yeah. great. You do what you got to do. Loyal listeners, is there not a lot that runs parallel to your story? I mean, for real, just trying to figure it out what works, knocking on doors, getting stickers, putting them on pizza boxes, just walking in, sitting there saying, well, you know what, I'm going to try and walk into this business and see how it goes and how many times we've been told no, but how many times have we been told yes when it surprised us the most? Your story is so similar, Brad, to to ours. That. So you got into the insurance sector because it, it sounds like you had a lot That's of right. family. That was so I'm the, okay. So that was cool. I'm the only person in my family. Extended family included, that's not an insurance agent. Oh, wow. Okay. So I come oh, from wow. a long line of insurance. Just... Wow. That, that is, that's kind of cool, is. though. I mean, that, I mean, loyal listeners, this is why he understands what right. we do. And then so it was around sometime a couple years after that 2010 that you did you did you just all of a sudden was it all state agents who became independent that were kind of like hey i want you to do my phone system even though i'm over here is that how you kind of got into where you are that's right you know when when we built out all state our our infrastructure in such a way that we realized that we could scale it infinitely uh to clients in, in many different industries we started looking outside of insurance and saying, well, we can do medical or, or legal or professional services or manufacturing or whatever the case may be. But we're always drawn back into insurance because that's what we know. It's mm-hmm. the, the the knowledge base that our entire team has is the, the wants, the needs, the pinch points, you know, the best practices of an insurance agency. And we're the most consultative when we're talking in, in that mm-hmm. So it's uh it's really been great for our clients to be able to have a trusted partner that can kind of speak the language with them. And now, if I, I don't know your split, but I mean you you have just as many if not more now independent insurance agencies as you still grow. And and it, and it's because of your growth and what it is because you still have a ton of Allstate right. um agencies, but that's really been good and and, and, and you really have because you invested your time in a lot of these uh, conferences and just being out there with people like Khan, um, some of the past people that you had, which Marcus, we, we a lot of people are very familiar with Marcus. We all loved Marcus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just has uh, it. Here's the thing. When you talk to people who don't understand, VoIP is VoIP. It's like, yeah, dude, it runs on the Internet. and It does. And then, let's be honest. There's some truth there. One of the things that I've always said about you guys, Brad, is 
is as you said earlier, and loyal listeners, if you paid attention, he was reselling somebody else's service, right? So somebody already had the infrastructure. You were quote unquote, what we know in society, white labeling it. And then, but if there was an issue and how many of you out there have these problems with, with your phone system and you call because it's getting fixed and they're like, Oh, Hey, let me, let me, uh, level one can't fix that. Let me send you to level two or level three. Well, not always, but a lot of times they're literally calling the person that they're buying it from and saying, Hey man, there's a problem with your system. And sometimes that person's calling and saying, Hey, I'm buying it from you and selling it to him. And he says, it's not working and we can't figure it out. And I think that that's what separates you guys. You own your own infrastructure. And this is this seems outdated today, um, Brad, but it's true. Your guys' customer service is off the effing mm-hmm. charts as far as how much. And as you said also, though, your your team is able to be co- consulting well, because they know the business. Any thoughts on all that stuff? Anything oh, I said Oh, no. Wrong? I mean, let's just walk back to the, to the VoIP is VoIP comment. I mean, yeah, right? Like, you have a data device that is transmitting over the internet to another data device and that data happens to be a stream of telephone right it's voice and right. i you mm-hmm. could make that same comparison as hey a car is a car is a lambo the same as a pinto maybe it gets you from point a to point b but there's a lot of really great features in a lambo that you're not going to get in a pinto and to your point customer service is our nice. top priority okay our company has a culture of gratitude and it is showing gratitude to our clients every single day. We truly care. And that care translates into a loyalty that is just unbelievable in our industry. When you look at other companies, you know, the, the, the big publicly traded VoIP companies, their only um, goal is to gain as many clients as they possibly can. And then they sell off that scale, 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 scale. scale. They don't care if people leave, they don't care. People are getting good customer service. They don't care about your internet connection. And that is the complete opposite of the team here at Lightspeed voice, because we know that we're small. We know that we're scrappy. We know that we've got to provide an over the top white glove customer service, because if people think that all we're doing is providing voice, then they'll leave if they think that they can get a voice product cheaper. If they think they're getting a consultative, uh, appreciative, grateful person on the other end of the line who's willing to help them through an issue, regardless of whether or not that issue belongs to us, uh, they're going to be grateful Mm -hmm. to us and they're going to be loyal to us. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Brad, let me tell you something. This is something that I saw as a side effect. Um, with other VoIP systems we had, and even at the beginning of our relationship, it's always, Hey, my phone's not working. Call Jason. Right. right? And then Jason would get on the phone to Lightspeed voice. Hey, what's going on? Or something like that. You guys are care so much and are so consultative that 
my team doesn't do that and hasn't for the last three mm-hmm. or four years. If there's like, hey, we need to add so-and-so on as a fax so that they're approved for faxing or whatever it could be, they don't do that anymore because they feel confident and they feel as if, hey, even when I call Lightspeed Voice, I don't know what the really hell I need to know, but I'm just going to tell them and they'll right. take care of it for me. And so that that is something that is a byproduct of what we see in our agency, just not so much the service, not so much the product, but it also has to do with the fact that my staff feels comfortable to take action themselves. And there's not a lot of other tech that that happens. That's right. Usually like for our, our management system, if something goes wrong or we don't know how to do something, it all goes mm-hmm. to Sarah. Right. Uh, Because technology is so hard and it's breaking so much that we need one person who can keep track of of helping us fix that. And I and I really love love that about the fact that uh, someone teaches me something new. You just sent us our new phones. Right. And so I didn't know a couple of things. And so we're having this meeting and someone starts showing me something on the phone. I'm like, well, how the hell do you do that? I didn't know we could do that. And they're like, yeah, I didn't either. But I just reached out to Lightspeed Voice. And I was like really? You just reached out to them and called them? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I deal with them all the time. That's good for an agency owner. That's good for high level um, people in the agency who don't need to hear about that. And we need to be doing other things like concentrating on our That's exactly right. And that's one of the main points of our level of customer service is that we know that it's unreasonable for us to expect you to be an expert in our system. We want you to focus on what you do best not have to worry about your telecommunications platform. And if you need something, you literally call us or send us an email, tell us what you want, and we'll do it for you. That's the over-the-top white glove customer service that I'm talking about. And our team is, we're real, man. I mean, we have real people over here. We're US-based. We're not bouncing you around from department to department. We're, we're not you know, asking you to wait or escalating it to another team. Our Tier one team, which by the way, we don't even consider our team. We don't have tiers. All of our team is so good that they're able to solve 99% of the problems. And in that 1% mm-hmm. off case, you know, where it has to get escalated to somebody else, we're on it, man. I mean, that way you can ensure that your business is operating the way you want it to be. Yeah. And I've, I've been there two times to your office and I've seen you operate with your people and you're not a demanding person, but you're, it just echoes who you are. Loyal listeners, I don't know if you paid attention. You probably did. When I brought up the customer service thing, Brad, you, you, you addressed it and then you went over to the customer service. Your voice changed. You're like the way that you started talking, you could tell that this was, this is something that's like embedded in the fact that I, I take this seriously and it really, really echoed. It was, that was really, really good. I mean, I, I know firsthand. So also integrations. Yeah. You guys are awesome at integrations. Hey, I wanted to integrate with this or this or that. You just pick up the phone and call you, right? You do. I mean, just because you call and ask for an integration doesn't mean that it's going to happen or even happen overnight. You know, there is a lot of dev time and research that goes into building integrations. And we want to make sure that we're we're building for the masses. And and I don't mean hundreds or thousands of people, but if you have a a one-off obscure software that you want to integrate with, we're going to look into it, but we'll might have to tell you, you know, this, this is going to have to wait because we're working on so many other great things right now, Jason. And it's not to say that Mm -hmm. one person's need is, is less important than another's. It's just that we have to make sure that we're measuring our time appropriately and delegating tasks in the most efficient way possible. But the integrations that we do have are over the top, outstanding. We have 
very mm-hmm. strong partnerships and strategic alliances with all of these technology partners. And we have dedicated people who are constantly reviewing and researching ways to make not only new integrations, but the integrations that we have even better. Yeah, yeah. Screen pop, all those. That's you right. guys just recently uh, delivered a new platform, a uh, user platform, I should say, that we go into, which is a lot better right. than the other <laughs> one, right? It really truly is. As far as just user interface, it's amazing today how successful a product can be based on how it looks. Oh, 100%. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's really crazy. I will tell you that, yeah. you know, kind of back to the Allstate conversation, we have thousands and thousands of Allstate agents in, in all 50 states, but they didn't really have a lot of technical needs and demands, right? They had some wants, and we were able to deliver those once with the old platform. But when we started looking outside of Allstate, looking into the independent market, we were shocked by the amount of things, that features that we didn't have. And so we had mm-hmm. some catching up to do. We've been playing the catch-up game for the past couple of years. I'm super happy to say that the, the two main features that people have been asking for, so the in-browser soft phone and uh, very shortly upcoming, the, the mobile app are, are, are here. The, the soft phone is up and running as of last Tuesday. We, we deployed that to our live environment and it works very, very well. It's a, it's a great, nice. you can either use a desk phone or you can use a soft phone, our soft phone. I just want to make sure that it's very clear. It's ours. We made it. It's not the GS Wave, it's not Zoiper, it's not Bria, it's not a third-party product where our customers were using in the past and getting frustrated because we couldn't make it the work work the way they wanted. And we were frustrated too because we couldn't make it work the way we wanted for our clients. And now that we have our very own system, we are able to deliver an entirely new level of um, success with, with that soft phone. And Brad, something that people don't understand about technology sometimes, because we live in our cocoon of our agency trying to do what's best is, is that those type of features show a commitment. And the reason I say that is, is if someone's paying a certain amount for a line and you have to take your time in research and development to create your own app in your own, it's not like you put that out there and charge more. That's just like something that's out there. And that shows commitment to us as IAs when you're willing to listen and just literally create things. That's not like, oh yeah, this is no, this is just, this is just what we have out there. And a lot of your competitors have some of these things and they blow. I mean, they blow because they're either using a third party that they've made look Mm -hmm. like theirs, or they don't understand how insurance agents actually a soft phone and a mobile app is a very, very vital thing. But for you to take your own money, the agencies, the businesses money, for you to take your money and say, hey, listen, this is what they need. This is not going to drive up our costs. This are not going to drive up our revenue, but it's going to drive in our commitment to this industry. And kudos to you for that. I'm serious about that. Our soft phone works great. We're waiting for the mobile app. The the soft phone was the bigger thing for us because we have so many virtual people, especially our Mm -hmm. VAs. Uh, this is this is fantastic for them to be able to call now to our underwriters in a in a in a reliable exactly. fashion. And so kudos to you for that, man. Just another show of you being uh, committed well. Yeah, to us. thanks, Jason, and you know to everybody who's been patient uh, with us while you've waited for these features. It's not something that we're blind to, and and we are building for the future. We're we're innovating and we're trying to lead in our industry and we want to make sure that you as agents have the tools that you need for the success of your businesses and your families. 
When I called you, Brad, and uh, I was down there in, uh, hell, I can't remember, last October, I was down there in Florida, and I called you, and you showed up on your boat. You know, you got off, we talked about the boat, but as we're walking back up to the house, you said to me, you said, so how's business going for you, and how are our services working for you? You said something along that line. And I remember telling that to my wife. I was like, that's like one of the first things he said to me in the first minute or two. And he wasn't saying it because we're friends. You're saying it because it's like, how can I make it better? That's right. Right? And that is somebody, a lot of these phone systems, a lot of vendors, they throw out some kind of software and here it is, never thinking that. And uh, I just want the loyal listeners to know that that was a question that you actually asked me um, before, hey, where's the beer? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure that question came shortly thereafter. (laughs) Shortly after. No, but it it is. Every time I see a client, I don't care if it's friend, family, or or somebody I just met, it's that's very important for me to know. Is our product working for you the way that you need it to work for you in the constraints that we're able to deliver it to you? Mm Mm-hmm. It is. Brad, it's so good. It's so good. Brad, I, uh, anything else you want to talk about your business or anything you want to add? Well, I do want to point out, I maybe elaborate a little bit on a point that you made a little while ago that Lightspeed okay. owns its infrastructure. And why is that important? Yes. Okay, Because we're not on the public cloud. We have our own data centers with our own equipment that we own with software that we wrote. And what's great about that is that all of the onus all of the responsibility, all of the metrics of reliability are on us. If there's an issue with Amazon Cloud or Google Cloud, we don't have to submit a ticket amongst 500,000 other companies who are using the same product and we're at the bottom of the list waiting three days for a reply. We can literally go into our data centers and touch our equipment. We swap out the hard drives. We upgrade the servers. We upgrade the router operating systems. We control it from end to end. And that gives us a much stronger position in terms of reliability. Um, a lot of people don't realize awesome, that dude. many of our competitors, especially on the smaller you know, size, are reselling another product. And that product does not belong to them. They don't have the code. They can't make changes. They can't make integrations. They can't do anything except for provide the service. And if you want a new integration, well, they have to ask that third party. And if that third party wants to do it, well, then they'll do it for you. There are Mm -hmm. deep benefits in using a company who has end-to-end control, like our company. I agree, I agree. And it allows you to do everything you're doing. Like I said, could you imagine the customer service of you trying to be on your people to get back with me when your person says, yeah, I'm waiting for right. this person, right? I, I bet you that would just drive you bonkers, oh, Brad, because I know who you are. Well, and, <laughs> and I'm not trying to imply that, you know, Lightspeed's a, a perfect company. We're not. We, we make no. our mistakes. We own up to them. Uh, we have our service issues from time to time. Fortunately, they're fairly few and far between, um, but... Overall, our, our platform is, is highly reliable, stable. It's just a, a great way. Um, I, I, that's just really something I, I want to point out, you know, great, a great thing to point out. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, that's my main thing is I tell people all the time, you own your own infrastructure, and they kind of look at me like, why right. is that a big deal? Well, it is because we've all bought products that have been resold mm-hmm. and resold. Brad, as we finish this up here, I want to I ask you about something, something that's really, really cool. 
is how you met Lourdes, your wife. <laughs> um, and and I, I really love the story. So um, tell us a little bit about that because she's really she, loyal listeners. Yeah. Like it is with everybody else. She's the one. She's know? amazing. She know. is. And, and it's funny. I laughed because my kids will ask that same question. I have my daughter's 12 and my son's eight. And, you know, for years, they've said, how have you met mom? And just every time it's a different story. And I just create these mo <laughs> the most ridiculous stories. Um, so I'm sure you know, but maybe everyone else doesn't. Uh, she's from she's from Panama. No, I hear it. And, you know, she's a just an outstanding human being. And she to answer your question quickly, uh, like I said, I lived in Gainesville. And I had a roommate at the time who was going out to dinner with some friends. And the roommate says, hey, Brad, you look bored AF. Do you want to go to dinner with us? And I said, <laughs> true. Yeah, let's go. So we go to dinner. And across from me at the sushi restaurant is this Panamanian girl who barely speaks any English. And, you know, we're just kind of giving each other the eyes all night. And then we leave the restaurant and we ended up at this birthday party and she starts teaching me how to salsa dance. And so we're salsa dancing all night. And of course we've been, you know, imbibing <laughs> at the end of the night, I'll never forget, you know, it's like a, a group of guys and girls all standing around. We're all getting ready to leave. And I say, can I have your phone number? And she literally tells me, I don't have a phone number. And everyone behind me goes, oh, like I had just gotten roasted or something. So she like totally dissed me. But the reality was, and I didn't realize it, she lives or lived in Panama. So I'll tell you what, like I said, she is just such an amazing person in Panama. She took care of her mom, her grandma, herself, and put herself through school. She worked three jobs, seven days a week. She was a teacher at a school. Mm. She was a ballet teacher, and then she was a tutor. She didn't have a car. She rode the Diablo Rojo, which is the crazy Panamanian bus line, which was literally old school buses. They would take and like chop out the windows and paint them all kinds of crazy colors and put strobe lights and stuff wow. all over them. And then they'd pack in like 150 people into this bus, and like people are hanging out the windows and stuff. But she was just so dedicated to being a successful person and doing what she needed to do to take care of herself and her family. And um, she she was willing to do it. So I just really respect yeah. her for that. And she brings that same level of dedication here, you know, to her family. You should mm -hmm. see her. She's the best mom. Wakes up every morning, way before I do. Makes the kids lunchboxes. Make sure they get ready for school. And I roll out of bed just in time to take a shower and drive them to school, you know? So, like, she is just so dedicated. Mm -hmm. And at work, you know, everything is about making uh, a, a better machine for our team. Yeah, she is. And she's special. I've met her lots of times. And then when you told me that story, it just uh, – she, she embodies that story uh, dramatically. So – um, I wanted to make sure that everybody knew that humanize you a little bit out there, Brad, because you are, you're, you're really good at what you do. Any last thing you want to say as we wrap up? Uh, you know, I, just that I, I really appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to talk to you and, and get to know your, your listeners. Although I guess they're getting to know me more than I'm getting to know them. I did have a thought, you know, I wanted to share with, with people was that, you know, running a business is like bean boozled. You ever played Bean Boozled? Okay, no. so it's jelly beans. And okay. there's, say, 10 different flavors. 
but there is an alternate flavor for each one. Okay, so 10 different okay. colors of jelly beans. Maybe there's chocolate, pecan, strawberry banana smoothie, lime. And the game is that you pick a jelly bean out of the box and you cross your fingers that it's not the alternate flavor. Like poop, dog food, barf, oh. dead fish. And don't you agree that, you know, when when you asked me earlier, you know, was building the business based on luck and in so many ways it was but when you're kind of throwing out your chips and you're hoping for the good luck how often are you getting bean boozled a lot wow a lot i can't tell you how many dog food flavored jelly beans i've eaten man it's uh i started to like them after a while Oh, Brad, that's a good analogy, though. That is. And I think I might have played that, but I was young because I remember with my friends and then you'd have to, yeah. you know, you get that one that ooh tasted. There were some that were really bad. Yeah, I like that, Brad. I like that, man. I appreciate you. I really do. Two last questions. Let us know. This is a these are a little bit more personal. I know your wife and I know you. she's your boo and you're probably hanging out watching Hulu, maybe Netflix, getting your kicks. Mm-hmm. Maybe you got some time on Amazon Prime. What are you watching right now, Okay, Brad? so you're right. We After we put the kids to bed, we go and we watch Hulu, and currently we're on season three of Billions. Oh, dude, it just came back out, didn't it? Well, I think they're on like season five now, aren't they? Yeah, but okay, the, the okay, yeah, but the the new the newest oh. season I think just came back out. Oh shit, I forgot about it's that. It's a pretty crazy yeah, show, dude, man. I, yeah. Billions mm-hmm. is crazy. Yeah, that is pretty wild. That that, that fits you. Um, well, uh, do you read a lot of books? What's the last book you read? Uh, you know, that is a sad story. Hence why you, exactly. download, hence why you downloaded it. I, I have a lot of books that I get and I'm like, I'm going to read this. And I, then I never do. So <laughs> you're reading about yeah, tech all I, the time. I told you? you I didn't go to college, right? So <laughs> I don't even know how to spell college. There's a J somewhere. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> Oh, Brad, I got to tell you, loyal listeners, if you've heard him, I mean, he's really held back on some of his humor. There's a J somewhere. I know it. I love it, Brad. Brad, you just have the greatest. That's why I always tell Steve, man. And hey, we're going to be up there at the end of uh, September 26th through January 6th after Christmas. Uh, we got a place up in Indian Rocks. So I've told Steve that he definitely has to invite you. So I'm inviting you and your family awesome. right now. And and I mean, that, I think that's a long boat ride. We would not I, take I mean, the you boat. You can drive. Yeah, no. <laughs> yes. We might take the chopper. I was going to say. Kidding. There's no chopper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Brad, appreciate you coming yeah. on, man. I really, truly do. Beautiful office and beautiful uh, Florida sky out there. Thanks. Yeah, it's uh, the weather is starting to get a little nicer. It was in the 60s this morning. And I'm not talking about the average yeah. age of our town. Yeah. Which it is. They say Venice is one of the oldest uh, towns. I'll be honest with you. When I went there, we went downtown, and I thought it was nice, and there were some cool bars and young people. It just happens to be that in within the city limits, I guess you could say, there's a lot of those um, uh, retirement mm-hmm. communities. Right. And that probably weights down the average because, I mean, we were driving. I think we were going north or hold on. We were we were going south out of Venice. And I mean, we were just like big, tall walls of communities just everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So anyways, Brad, once again, and all you loyal listeners, thank you very much for taking your time to learn about this. I know you enjoyed this. You got a lot of good info. Brad is very charismatic in the way that he talks. He believes in his business, um, just like we know that you believe in your business. So once again, tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass with Agents Influence. I'm Cass. He's Fuller. We're out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good. Terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you've got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.